1: Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Argyle Chat, I'm Jack Ball and joining me today is Chris Errington. Good morning Chris, just us, just the two of us?
0: Just the two of us, but we were both at home park on Saturday for the game against Wigan Athletic, so uh, plenty to talk about from that game I think.
1: So before we talk about what actually happened, uh, I mean, what were your expectations going into the game? Obviously Wigan were top of the league, they're flying at the moment. aren't they? Beat Bournemouth in midweek? In the um, FA Cup. So, Ooh. what were you expecting?
0: What were you oh, I expected to, Wigan to be very good. I expected to go away from the game thinking that um, Argyle had uh, given them a good game. And I expected to think that I'd leave the ground and think that Wigan would probably go on and win the League One title. And all of those came true, I think. I think Argyle uh, uh, did give them a good game, particularly mm-hmm. in the first half. Um, I've spoken to quite a few people over the weekend. and um, I think the general consensus was the same as mine that you know Argyle played pretty well and the three-one scoreline didn't reflect the uh, the balance balance of the play. Wigan were good; they've got some good players, um, but I think you could see Argyle played with uh, with a bit of confidence, you know. And certainly when you compare the performance against Wigan to some of the ones earlier in the season, I, I thought it was a, a good improvement, wasn't it? Uh, and, I
1: mean, it was a very attack-minded match. More Argyle, more than I certainly mm. think they would be going into the game. Yeah. Looking back, and I know 've lost 3-1, was that the right tactic, do you think? Or do you think perhaps it should have be been more defensive? I mean, I, I, know, I know all season people have been
0: saying Argyle oh should be more attack-minded. Uh, this, is, this is the thing. We've, we've discussed negative tactics yes. on many, many occasions. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if Jan Songo had played on Saturday and played in the midfield holding role. And maybe Ness or Sarcevic had been um, sacrificed just to give Argyle that little bit of steel. You and I were at the DW Stadium in September, Jack, and we saw Jan Songo play against Wigan, and he was absolutely outstanding Incredible that night. So there was a a good case to be made for horses for courses. You know, Songo did a good job up at Wigan. Why couldn't he down at home park? But we have seen Argyle evolve their their style and their tactics um during that unbeaten run that they were on. And um, you know, you know, credit to Derek Adams. He 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 sent out a pretty attacking team, 4-3-3. Um, you know, with Fox, Sarsovik, you know, and Ness in the midfield. Um, so, you know, did it? Did it work? I think you know, Argyle went one 0 up. Uh, the timing of the, the, the first two goals for Wigan was really crucial in the yes. game. You know, anytime you you score, you, you don't want to concede within a couple of minutes, particularly when you're playing you know nine game unbeaten league leaders. Um, so it's disappointing to concede the equaliser so soon, and then. Obviously the goal right on half time was a was a big blow, wasn't it? you know it was three minutes of stoppage time. I think there was about two minutes fifty six on the clock or something of those three minutes when when Wigan scored and that that made it difficult for our, uh, our goal after that but um no, I, I was i was went away pretty encouraged i mean you know jack you 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 were there i mean you know it, it was a pretty decent performance wasn't it you know a little bit you know perhaps not quite clinical enough up front and and you know you, you would have to question the defending the which Jack did mention this post-match
1: mm. stuff didn't he that mm. the, going forward they weren't as good as they possibly mm. could have been. But mm. speaking purely as a fan, rather right yeah. than a journalist, yeah, you're I, allowed to. Yeah. I, I left the game feeling quite mm. happy of what I saw, and so, some, sometimes you you, f- you know you feel like even despite a loss, you really got your money's worth out of that game. And mm. I could have sat back and they might have put that for a point, but they could have still conceded. And mm. I've 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 got to give credit to Derek Adams. I think mm. uh, you know Argyle fans, at least on the social media, which we know is, is not a full representation of Argyle fans, but. Have asked for attack minded football, and I think at least the, the Argyle fans stayed with them throughout the game. And mm. I think not many people left the game disappointed, despite no, the
0: defeat. I think we all thought that, or a lot of us thought that it might be look like Argyle were there waiting mm. and they would sit and try and play on the counter attack. But I, I thought, particularly in that first half, and even up until Wigan got the third goal, I, I thought Argyle were giving it a really good go and were on the front foot. And that is one thing we've seen from Argyle over the last month or two, that they have been able to start games well, they have been able to get on the front foot. and. Yes, they've lost to Wigan, but there's no disgrace in that. I, I do think they'll go on and win the league. Um, it's not bad when you're going to bring on somebody like James Warren as a substitute at halftime. No, you know, not that's bad. not that's not bad, is it? Um, so you know, I would be too. I don't think the players will be. They, they shouldn't be too despondent by one defeat. Um, you know, I, I thought they they put in a pretty decent performance and, against a, a team that will probably be playing in the championship.
1: Impressive. They didn't show too much respect to Wigan. You know, you see in the Premier <laughs> League, for example, one team for Manchester City, they mm. almost. Give them all the time they want and Argo didn't do that and also I think it showed how how much strength of character the team has that even after going 3-1 down they didn't do mm. that did they and they really no. well going for a second goal to try and get back in the game yeah
0: confidence you know confidence again cliche time but confidence is a big thing and you know even at 2-1 down I think the players felt that they were um, still well in the game
1: we know how important the first goal has been mm. in Argo games this season it was Graham Carey that actually mm. opened the score of a penalty after foul by Shay Dunkley mm. I saw on Twitter Chris you mm. mentioned that you had seen it back on the highlights and mm. thought that, that could perhaps so it could
0: possibly have been a red card yeah um, you look at we're, we're talking about refereeing decisions again the week after you know the Doncaster uh, game with Darren Ferguson um, and looking back at it let's, let's talk about that one particular instance to start with uh, I, I don't see how Dunkley made any attempt to play the ball I mean I've looked at the replay and I, I'm I'm not sure anyone convinc- could convince me that he tried to play the ball Uh, Kerry was about to shoot it denied a clear goal scoring opportunity now you can get away with a yellow card if the referee feels that you've made a genuine attempt to play the ball Uh, no one will convince me that he made a genuine attempt to play the ball he'd been beaten, he knew Kerry was about to shoot and he he made a foul to stop him from shooting and scoring Um, Derek Adams made what I felt was a very good point afterwards about the uh, sending off of Ryan Edwards against Oxford which was a very similar situation where um, uh, Wes Thomas was the Oxford striker. He got in behind Ryan Edwards. Edwards made the tackle and Edwards was sent off. I don't see any difference from the Ryan Edwards on the Wes Thomas tackle to uh, Dunkley on Carey. Um, on that game against Oxford, Oxford scored the penalty, played against 10 men for the rest of the game, 1-4-0. On Saturday, Argyle scored the penalty, but still played against 11 and um, didn't go on and win. Now, I'm not saying that Argo would have gone on the beat, we're 4 0 if we're going to be been reduced to 10 men, of course not. Uh, I still think it would have been a tricky game, but the game, the outcome of the game would have, uh, or the way the game unfolded, would have been very very different. So I I, I, I thought he shouldn't be sent off. I mean, any thoughts? Well, I don't
1: think the referee was a particularly popular man with Argo no, fans game. I mean, he didn't no. have the best performance, I would say. I, don't, I know you feel the same. You don't like to harp on too much about referees, and it's a hard job, but he didn't have the best games in mind. No,
0: he was, he was poor. Uh, Gavin Ward. I'm not like I'm not a big fan of the way he controls games. He's done a few Argyle games over the years, and I don't want to pick out, pick on referees. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting. And, and the case, the other case I'd make is that you could argue that Argyle should have conceded the penalty in the 90th minute against Doncaster the previous Saturday, couldn't you? For the Sunny yes. Bradley challenge and James Coppinger I think having looked back at that on TV, no one would have been really surprised if Andy Haynes had given Argyle. Uh, giving Doncaster a penalty in that occasion, so you know maybe Argyle were fortunate with the penalty decision at Doncaster, and they were unfortunate that Dunkley didn't get sent off. Swings and roundabouts, what goes around, you know, it evens itself out. All those sort of, ev- ev- all those sort of things. But then we do get back to the point of inconsistency in the standard of refereeing. Now let's take the individuals out of it, but two games running now, we've we've talked about games mm. where you, you've got genuine concerns about key incidents in games. But
1: even in, in the yellow cards, there were certain decisions that I thought were very odd. There were times where I got clear of the advantage because he had the ball and he brought it back for a free kick. There were times yeah. where he didn't and he played on and they didn't really get an advantage. just seemed a very a very odd game.
0: He had a poor game. I mean how Sam Morsey didn't get booked um, in the first half is, is beyond me. Yeah. I mean uh, he of made course, a couple yeah. of he made a couple of challenges that, that should have been yellow carded. Um, and then we found out subsequently at half time that he was he was booked in the tunnel by the referee. The referee spoke to him just before the before they left the pitch and uh, you know it it did get quite niggly didn't it? It did. Um, You know and with them were you know being professional and you know doing things that you you know the the dirty side of football which isn't always pleasing to see but you know they were being professional and doing their job Um, but they were a little bit niggly I I was a bit surprised by that and yeah the referee wasn't great but you know try not to well Too much on the referee after what was what was an, I, I, I enjoyed the game. I, I, I thought it was a good quality. It was a good quality game, but I do think that Dunkley was very fortunate not to be yellow carded, and and the, the Powell and uh, Graham Carey off the ball incident as well, which was captured on TV. You know, I'm not necessarily convinced that was a red card, but um, again, you know, there's four officials, a referee, two assistants, and a fourth official. You know, surely somebody should be seeing that because there was contact. Powell did make contact with Carey and uh, surely somebody should have been looking into that and again that goes back to the refereeing standards
1: certainly made the atmosphere uh, lining up didn't it? we know how mm. hostile home the park can be yeah. at times mm. I mean looking at the stats of the game I know we've spoken before that yes. the stats can be twisted to suit whatever agenda but mm. Argyle had 58 per against Wigan 9 shots compared to their 8 both teams had 4 shots on target and Argyle had 10 corners to Wigan's four. Mm. again like I said I know statistics the only really is the matters really as a result mm. but surely Argyle can take a lot of confidence from producing such a Good performance against a team that obviously
0: destined for championship. Yeah, I wouldn't have put a lot of money on Argyle having fifty-eight percent possession Mm -hmm. against Wigan before the game. You know that that wasn't the sort of game I was expecting, Um, and so that is encouraging. I'm like you though, Jack. I'm a big believer. The only statistic that counts is the goals. Yeah. And Wigan got three and Argyle got one, and you can, you know, there's lots to be positive about from that performance. So you know, why not? You know, be encouraged by that. Um, The defending, you know. Wasn't the best for for the goals, so that that would be a concern. But um, no, I mean they they, they they put in a good performance. Like I say, you know, I mean you were sat amongst the fans, Jack. I, I can't imagine there were too many moans and groans. Yes, you want to see you don't want to see your team lose, but I would have thought most of the Green Army, you know, would have uh, and it was a good crowd as well. Nearly twelve thousand. I mean, yes, the league leaders, uh, but what was it, about five hundred from Wigan. So. Eleven and a half thousand Argyle fans there on a on a Saturday in January, I thought, and then they created a good atmosphere. You know, mm-hmm. got behind Ryan Edwards, got behind the players. Um, yeah, was, it, I, I enjoyed it. Apart from the, the apart from the result,
1: it still reminds you, you know, how how good the championship days were. Don't Almost doesn't yes. it? It's those types of atmosphere, it's those types of teams, yes. and and Wigan, they put a fair few fans down, mm. but certainly not the biggest um, away crowd we've seen this season. But that didn't stop the atmosphere. and nah, it? it's no. just to it give you that feel of what what could happen at home park. No,
0: I mean, I think everyone knew they were watching some good players on the pitch mm. there, and um, you know that is always it is good, isn't it? it? Was it was a decent quality game with some good football play.
1: Um and whilst there are plenty of fighting challenges that we've already talked about on mm. the pitch, one of the most shocking things from the game that <laughs> it seemed everything between Paul Cook and Derek Adams was pretty amicable. Yeah. Um I saw on Twitter again, I think myself mm. and our colleague David Monday said that they've been um spent some time talking on the pitch and Cook was very complimentary mm. about our after the game. Do you think possibly it's because they're maybe not such direct rivals this season?
0: Yeah, possibly so, yes, because you know, Paul Cook is is looking to take his team up this mm. season and, and Derek Adams is, is, is not and uh you know, when Paul Cook was at Portsmouth, Arbel and Portsmouth were, were yes. rivals and there's a bit of rivalry between the cl- two clubs as well. Yeah, I mean, we were sat tying up our loose ends in the in the press box, just, you know, finishing the match report and getting it online and looked up and there on the side of the pitch, you know, probably 10 minutes after the final whistle, everyone, had, the crowd had gone and there were Paul Cook and Derek Adams, still quite happily chatting away. Have
1: so they gone off the pitch and come back on? Yeah, they, they have must
0: have gone down to the, they must have gone into the dressing rooms and maybe said a word or two and... Uh, I think Paul Cook does likes to do his Wigan uh, official Wigan uh, press sort of duties mm-hmm. uh, by the side of the pitch. I think he'd sort of headed down there to see their uh, their media guys, and um, you know ha- quite how they both ended up to be by the side of the pitch. But they were, they stood on the pitch. Dave Roundtree got a nice nice picture of them stood there chatting away, and um, yeah, I mean it's it's a funny one the, the relationship because you you ask Derek Adams every now and then, and you suspect that you know. Well, you don't suspect, you know, that there's been a few disagreements yes. over the years. Um, but, you know, there is a mutual respect there, I think. I don't think, w- would they go and have a drink together? Although Derek Adams, you know, um, famously doesn't particularly drink. But, you know, would they be best buddies? No. But I think there is a respect there. And and equally, I think both managers would have looked at that game and thought that was a good game of football. Both both managers would have been pleased with, with what they saw from their from their sides and I think, you know, there was a chance for the two managers to just talk about the game and um yeah, so it was it, it was um it was nice to see really. I know the
1: fighting characters that they both can be, they probably quite enjoy the fact that there's someone else that they can spar with a little bit. I'm sure that, that that's enjoyable for them. And also oh. we shouldn't forget that Paul Cook did buy a bottle of champagne mm-hmm. for them at uh, yeah. uh Flatton Park last season. So yes. um definitely one of the most shocking things I saw in that game oh, I find that game though.
0: Yeah mm-hmm. and he was come uh, David uh David our colleague was uh, was in with uh, Paul Cook after the game and he was very complimentary about Argyle as well and you know sometimes you can say well it's easy to be complimentary about a team when you just beat them but yeah. he, but nevertheless I think he was he was genuine and um, you know Paul Cook's one of these guys that um, you know he's, he's normally pretty forthright in his views I don't think he'd just say things just for the yeah. sake of it.
1: Yeah well we'll move away from the football for a little bit and, and obviously we're all shocked and saddened to hear the news of Ryan Edwards mm-hmm. uh, a cancer diagnosis last week and I think firstly everyone here at the Hell would like to wish Ryan a recovery Yep, definitely. Um, and our thoughts are with him but you know the thing that always impresses me when these sort of things happen and we hope it doesn't happen very often to people and, and you know all of that but the football community which can be criticised by the media in large aspects they really do pull together in these sort of scenarios and it wasn't just the wider world I mean we, we take the game on Saturday the groundsman had, had, had mowed the number five yeah nice touch yeah there were shirts that the players wore out, mm-hmm. the his name and number on it. Graham Kerry had five on his gloves, which mm-hmm. he scored the opening goal he was celebrating with. And of course, um, there was the, the the standing ovation in the fifth minute, or possibly the fourth minute. It might have been a bit premature, but <laughs> nevertheless, the, the, the signs were there that everyone really was in it together. And uh, Brian Edwards was at the game as well. Yes, yeah, it was. It was quite a moving moment, really, wasn't it? Or quite a moving afternoon, and it, it sort of really dominated that, that opening mm. part of the game.
0: Yeah, I- I do think and you know I might be slightly biased here after 20 years of watching Argyle but I, I do think Argyle do things like that quite well mm-hmm. I, I, I do think the club do have an ability to all come together in a situation like the Ryan Edwards one and and there is that sort of sense of unity and I, I think they do I think they do it well I loved all the various little bits that went into it you know the, the figure 5's in the grass you know nice little yeah. nice little thought you know um Robbie Bullen, I have to say, did a fantastic cartoon. Oof. I'm sure you've seen it on social media if you frequent social media um, with the We Are Argyle with you, Eddie, and the Figure Five, mm. and, and all the little Argyle fans within that Figure Five. And um, Robbie sort of distributed, I know, a few of the, the cartoons around and about. And uh, anyone listening on social
1: media should give him a follow. It really, which is really, Robbie Bullen
0: cartoons, isn't it? I think it is, and it, it's it, it, that was a brilliant cartoon. Mm. Robbie and if you've not seen it you know do try and make the effort to see it. it was absolutely brilliant so I just think all the little things when you piece them all together um I thought the crowd started applauding at five past three but that was about three minutes into the game but you know again the, the crowd all, all got involved into the occasion and um and there Adams made the point afterwards you know he said this is a very caring football club we support our people and mm-hmm. um, yeah I I, I I agree with that I think Argyle do do that well and in, in situations like that so um yeah I, I think it was, yeah. and the good thing was is that we didn't know until after the game well I certainly didn't know until after the game that Ryan Edwards was at the game yes. which one is fantastic he was able to, to get there and two yeah, hopefully and I'm sure it was that must have been a huge boost for his morale to go there and just feel the the warmth and the, the best wishes of everyone for him you know it's, it's it's obviously a very difficult time for him I mean you have to give him the utmost credit because he's been playing yes while knowing he had this diagnosis. Mm. Now, you know, hand on heart, you know, how many of us could have done that, do you think? He scored against
1: Doncaster. And he scored against Doncaster. So,
0: I mean, you know, you, no one had any inklings that, you know, that he would have had other things on his mind apart from football. So, you know, utmost respect for, for Ryan for that and the way he's dealt with the situation. And you know, like you say, we we wish wishing a speedy recovery
1: and it certainly puts things into perspective doesn't it you know we, we all go about our days moaning about the, mm. the, the daily challenges that we face but yes. it's, I mean it's, it's incredible when you have a crowd that's 12,000 mm. strong that mm. you no know, in five minutes time will be shouting at the referee yes. and having abuse left right <laughs> centre but they, and even Wigan fans in, mm. in that sort of moment everyone comes together doesn't it and that's where football is such a, yeah. a, a tight-knit community in, in many mm. ways yes yeah definitely and he also made a statement on Twitter in the afterwards. Yes. Was, you, know, you covered basically thanking everyone and explaining,
0: yep. it's giving his own words and his own from his own. Experience. No, I and mean, it, it was nice to hear from Ryan in his own words. You know how he felt about the situation, and how he was going to beat this horrible disease, which we, we all wish him well in doing, and you know how he'd be soon be back, and we look forward to that day. So um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll await developments and, and wish him well.
1: Um, another familiar face that was at Home Park was mm. former manager Peter Reid. I think mm. it was his first time back at Home mm-hmm. the Park since um, yep. since he left Argyle or was, or was sat by Argyle. But I've heard from again sorts of Twitter including Gordon Sparks. Gordon Sparks, in a very,
0: yeah, good form. Yeah, yeah. Sparks. He um, does a bit of sort of hostess hosting sort of work, <laughs> not hostessing, hosting work. We'll, we'll, we'll let you <laughs> no, about. no, hosting um, work. And uh, he was looking very dapper in a jacket and tie and. Uh, but he he popped into the press box before the game and uh, said he'd had a had a few uh, laughs with Peter Reid in the boardroom and he was in very good form and uh, sadly I didn't get to see Peter but he was there and I know uh, Paul Hart who uh, runs the Argyle Legends, the mm-hmm. former players' association, had a chance to give uh, Peter uh an Argyle Legends tie and uh, yet yeah, we all know uh, how Peter rallied around Argyle uh, during the dark days of administration and. Uh, did a lot of good I mean it, it was one of those days it just felt like there were ex-Argyle players everywhere I, I, I did put a tweet out and I'm going to forget one now when, when I run through this list but just I mean, Andy Morrison was obviously Andy Jock Morrison was the half time uh, guest on the pitch uh, Sean McCarthy was doing the commentary for Radio 5 in, the, in the, uh, not Radio 5 Radio Devon in the press box next to us uh, Warren Feeney was there oh, really? uh, Martin Gritton uh, Roman Laria was there um, See, and I forgot. I'm sure there was somebody else that I should be mentioning. So whoever it was, I apologise. um Cyril Regis's.
1: Dave Regis, there? of
0: course. Yes, Dave Regis was there for, which again was good, wasn't it? The Cyril Regis yes. Um, yes. minutes of applause before the game. Um, I thought that was that was well done and well handled. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of ex-arm players, managers. Um, yeah, get to field a team uh, of. It, it was. It wasn't a million miles away, and those are the only ones I was sort of aware of and saw. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were one or two others there as well. So. Um, yeah, it was a, there was a, there was a good. It, yeah, it it felt like one of those days where the where the club came together and having you know players like you know Andy Morrison and, and uh, Roman Larry, you know, real mm-hmm. icons of Argyle over recent years. It was, it had a good feel of the day to it. You know, it just just if they could have uh, eked yeah. out a draw or even a win, that would have just uh, put the uh, icing on the cake. Again,
1: adds to that aspect that you spoke
0: about of how
1: together this club can be mm. that so many play, players come down mm. here and end up either coming back at some point in the future moving down here yeah.
0: staying down here yeah. I mean one of our regular columnists Danny Salmon is a perfect example yes, well, and, and Danny we should add to the list really yeah. we shouldn't be of ex Argyle yeah. players because I mean, Dave Regis came yeah. in um, against Barcy brought Dave Regis into the press box so that he could meet Danny Salmon because they played together in the same Argyle team and I got the impression I didn't ask but I got the impression I hadn't seen each other for a very long time and were, were pleased to see each other so um, yeah there was lots of sort of Familiar Argyle faces around on Saturday. But
1: like you said, they certainly do things that well. The Unforces mm. days,
0: Unforces days, yeah. is always good, and things like that. They, it, you know, the the club do pull together and do do things well. So I think you know everyone involved in the sort of staging of that game, you know, deserves deserves credit.
1: And it's picked up by the national, you know, the mm. sports news, mm. and it's always good that the mm. club gets that sort of attention. Yeah. So going back to the football side of things, mm. obviously we've seen Remy Matthews, Zach Viner, and Simon Church. we we'll talk mm. about all of them. Zach Viner obviously mm. thrown into the the mix. And Not easy. No. Also, it's it's not an easy sentence for the whole team to play Mm. with with the Ryan Edwards diagnosis. Mm. That has to be playing on your mind somewhere.
0: It's going to be somewhere in the back of your mind. Derek Adams said that he told the players on Thursday. Um, So they only had a couple of days to get used Mm. to the idea. They've suddenly got Zach Viner turning up, having two training sessions before going straight into the team. Not easy for him. Uh, Very highly rated at Bristol City, by all accounts. Um, And I thought you you could tell at times he he was good on the ball. He looked as though he was uh, able to play the ball out of the back. I Think he got caught on the ball a couple yes. of times, um, but you know when you've been not playing regular first team football, you know you'll soon get up to speed. A men's football
1: as well. We've spoken about that quite a lot, isn't it? It's a difference between playing under 23s
0: or under 21s yeah. men's football. So uh, you know I'm sure he'll soon get up to speed. The league one centre backs always at our partnerships. Mm. So you've got to get on the uh, the same wavelength as as your your opposite number. And I, I thought you know generally he and Sonny Bradley did quite well. I mean, if you're being picky, there was a massive gap where Wigan went through for the second goal. Uh, you know, Viner and Brabby were too far apart. Yeah. And, you know, the, pa- the pass from power into Gavin Massey and, you know, I wish Argyle would sign in so he'd stop playing well against Argyle. And for he already. did, yeah. He's, he always seems to do well against Argyle, isn't he? Um,
1: but, I mean, it's... I suppose the hardest thing about centre-backs when you sign someone new and throw them in mm. is if they make a mistake, it can quite mm. often be more punishable. Whereas, it, oh, yeah. for example, Simon Church, if he had played, started, yeah. not scored, and yeah. Graham carries the bottom goal, you're sort of let off the
0: head, uh, aren't it's, you? It's, it's a difficult one. Um, you know, Zach came in and saw us afterwards for for, for a chat and an interview, and in, um very you know, good young man. And, uh, you know, he's well aware of um, the links that Argyle have got with Bristol City mm. in terms of taking loan signings on. You know, he mentioned that he'd spoken to... Uh, to Joe Bryan, to Bobby Reed, to Arnold Garita, you know, have all been on the loan at Argyle, uh, and certainly in the case of Bryan and Reed, you know, they they learnt a lot from their times at Argyle, and it's standing them in great stead now because they're playing regularly for a for a very good Championship side.
1: It's been quite a good link between the two clubs, like you mentioned mm. over the years, isn't there? Yeah, like uh, both teams mm. have sort of benefited. You know, Argyle's mm. had some good players on loan, and yep. like you said, the fact that Bryan and Reed mm. are so instrumental in their team now mm. shows the benefit of loaning players out to to even two yeah.
0: teams. So, you know, hopefully Zach Viner's is going to get a weeks training under his belt settle in find his feet you know he can get to know his new teammates they can get to know him so that he's ready and up to speed for the game against um, Oldham next Saturday and as I said
1: Robbie Matthews mm. Zach and Sanchez all the ones that have come in so far do you mm. like to
0: expect any more no I'd be surprised if there wasn't more and you know some of it might depend on, on who goes out because you know there's a fair few rumours flo- floating around about people that might go out and um, you know uh, I would think we might be one or two more, but it depends if other clubs come in with offers for players. You know, you're looking at you know Jakub Sokolik. You know, you know, he's not playing. He's mm-hmm. he's presumably going to go out somewhere. So especially maybe... with the right Edwards
1: thinking, if he ever, hasn't yeah. ever get a chance,
0: uh, that would have been it. I think you know another centre back. You know, might well mm. might well be on the cards. Um, yeah, I still think you'd like another striker. Um, so and a midfielder, obviously for for Diego, to replace uh Garaga. So you know, there could be scope for two or three. Two or three, but um, what are we now we're about a week and yeah, week and a bit it. away, aren't we? So it's, it's it's fast coming around the transfer window. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a few more in, and there's certainly enough rumours floating around. Nothing substantiated, but there's enough rumours floating around to suggest that you know there could be a departure or two as well. And
1: we've always said, you know, we, we talk quite often about the players that aren't um, playing so much for our goals team. But of course, there's nothing to necessarily stop the likes of Taylor, mm-hmm. Carey, yeah. Also susceptible to
0: bids, aren't at, they? Taylor, Carey, Bradley. There's all sorts of you know not all yeah. sorts of rumours, but there are, there have been rumours about all but of those players. when people talk about these transfers, they also want yeah. to think about the ones that aren't playing. Yeah, yeah, and and you know if one of those were were to go, um, you know that leaves a hole in the team, doesn't it? A Big hole in the team. So, um, but uh, the thing is, is you, 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 we touched on it in the podcast last week, but at this time of the transfer window. You know, you, you really don't want to be losing key players because you haven't got a lot of time to then bring in replacement for them.
1: And it's also, it's also, you know, worth mentioning the fact that these these players, it, it's it goes to show that nothing's, you know, nothing, nothing's um,
0: irreplaceable. Is it? You, well, the, everyone has their bid, everyone has yeah, their price. And, yeah.
1: But almost, you can almost look at the transfer business and keeping hold of your key players is almost as important as signing new players, aren't they? Yeah, it,
0: it and is, do. and you know, everyone, you know, Derek Adams said it last week to us. Everyone has got their value, yeah. you know, and you know the, that is the reality of football, is that if a football club offers enough money to you for one of your players, and you think, wow, that's a that's a good bid, yeah. we, we we can't really turn that down, that player's going to go. So every player in the transfer window is effectively available, aren't they? Yes. If a club come in and wants him enough. Um, the secret is, I suppose, is that Argyle are in a reasonably... Are in a pretty good financial position they're not in desperate need for money um, you know they, they, they can afford to try and drive as hard a deal as possible if someone really wants, I mean we we know that Bradford have been in for Ryan Taylor we don't know if they've come back in again or they will come back in again but um, you know you've got that, that had the feel of one where they're looking for strikers yes. um, but how far they're prepared to push it you know We'll see. But it's great
1: that I've got a position where Adams can come out and say, no, we don't want to sell them, we don't have to sell them for a cheap price. And that's
0: No, great, no, no. I mean, that's all part of the, the transfer window, yes. you know, uh, policy, isn't it? You, you say, no, we don't need to sell anyone. We're quite happy. Um, and so you're saying to the to the club that might be interested, well, you're going to need to really impress us with your yeah. bid if we're going to even consider it.
1: Um, Back to the, the mm. fixtures coming up. Next up we've got struggling Oldham side for our goal. Obviously mm. back on the road for yeah for you and Barron it will be this week, wouldn't it? Baron's
0: on the on duty, yeah.
1: So there was a small resurgence for the side with Richard Wellens first opposed John Sheridan, but they haven't won in the league now since December 9th and mm. um, I'm just wondering, Chris, your team, mm. considering the fact that Wigan, Blackman yeah. and Shrewsbury, the other games around the Oldham is yeah. this one the one that really Argos should be focused on getting three points from?
0: They they should be focused on it, definitely. It's um you know, we we, we mentioned last week, you know, the the four these four games are tough games. Mm. Um, and I can guarantee you, whatever the outcome at Boundary Park that is not an easy place to go and play football a you know, long way from Plymouth um, and uh, I suspect it might be a fairly chilly um, in January I've heard
1: people talk about the chilly Boundary Park
0: so it, it's not going to be an easy one um, Oldham haven't been on a good run of form recently yet um, they've got a couple of decent players though um, Jack Byrne that uh, they've re-signed on loan uh, for the rest of the season um, he was quite sharp uh, mm. down at Home Park uh, before Christmas And you know that four-one victory for Argyle was a great one a couple of days before Christmas, but uh, I I don't think that necessarily was a true indicator of of, of the game. And uh, and Oldham would uh, will be looking at this game and thinking, yeah, you know, as much as Argyle are looking at it and thinking this is a game we need to be trying to beat, win, Oldham will be looking at that and thinking this is a game that we need to try. You know, Argyle have just had a long unbeaten run ended, um, admittedly, by the league leaders. And they need to try and pick up the three points. So it's so important that
1: um, when it's still quite tight, isn't it? And then mm-hmm. you claw right back into it. A- absolutely, it, yeah. It, no,
0: if 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 you put yourselves in Oldham's position, you say, look, if we beat Argyle on Saturday, we've dragged them right back into it. And if you remember, you know, Argyle when when they were on that unbeaten run, they just kept playing team after team after team. That by beating them or drawing with them, they kept within range or dragged all those teams. They dragged Milton Keynes down, didn't they? And uh, and those various teams that have, have, have been sucked into the um, into the relegation mix. So yeah, it's 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 an important game and then you've got Blackburn and Shrewsbury to come after that who are both you know doing really well in the second and, in third, the, second and third. So you know in an ideal world, you know Argyle would like to go up there, get a win, get back on track after after the defeat by Wigan although the performance was good and then that would set them a nicely up nicely for for Blackburn and Shrewsbury. Um so yeah, it's going to be an important game, but um if anyone thinks that um you know, Oldham are struggling a little bit and haven't done very well. If they think that, you know, I've got to go up to Boundary Park and find it easy, I'd be, I'd be shocked if that was the case. You know, Richie Wellens is, um, was, a, was a very competitive um, midfield player, uh, played for Oldham and Doncaster and teams like that. He, he'll be exactly the same as a manager. You know, he will have Oldham fired up on Saturday. And um, But, you know, if Argyle play like they have been doing in recent games, you know, there's no reason why they can't go up there and get a, a good result
1: just one last thing to mention is the dates now being set for the FA Youth yes. Cup game isn't it so probably worth mentioning that is it
0: the 7th for February Wednesday February the 7th Argo are going to be at home to Fulham mm-hmm. Fulham beat Swansea 2-0 uh, in the 4th round last week um, the same admission of prices as for the previous home games in the FA Youth Cup I think it's £5 for adults £3 for concessions one for under 18s Um the under 18s have done fantastic this season really to, reach are, fifth, to reach the fifth to reach the fifth round in the last 16 with a chance i mean you know uh, i don't know a lot about fulham's um current youth team but you know you would suspect that being a, a london club that were in the premier league not, not that long ago they'll have a good academy yes. set up so well, you, players come from their yeah so pass. you you would you would say and I'm, I'm not saying this with great knowledge but you would say that fulham will be the favorites but Manchester City and mm, Burnley were okay. favourites against Argyle. Now, if Argyle can play like they did, defend solidly and what have you, then they could get into the last state of the FA Youth Cup and that would be a you know, a, an amazing achievement. And so it's,
1: it's, it's worth just saying to say, anyone that's thinking about going and didn't go to the Man mm. City game, it really is mm. I you know, I went as a fan mm. and I don't go yeah. to a lot of youth, you know, youth games, and it yeah. really is special atmosphere you really see what it means to those players it's well.
0: a big deal to all those lads under the lights on a Wednesday night you know um, get behind the team we can talk about it in here at the time yeah. anyway but um, but no I'm looking forward to it very much so Dave's been set well mm. thanks very much Chris uh, Jack thank you for your uh, hosting work. hosting excellent, excellent, excellent job
1: um, so yeah don't forget to look, look on our website for all the latest stories Chris and um, myself will be working for the rest of the afternoon on that and we'll be back again next week